You know, brethren, in this world of constant negativity, I like the positives. I like to present positives for a change. Right? That's great. It's always good to have someone like that. No kidding, man. All I see all the time is this is negative. People criticize this. People just constantly putting negativity in our lives. And I want to change that. Mm. We here at the Jersey Wall Podcast want to bring you the positivity back to your life. Okay? Now I can go with the cliche saying, I am positively sure that you're going to like this deal that I'm about to offer you. But I can go even simpler than that. Guys, I want to bring positivity into your life by introducing you to a deal so good. Right? Yeah. It's not that I'm going to make a pun about how it's positively the greatest deal in the history of the internet, which it is. But it's that... I'm like so sure that you're going to like it, right? I'm positive about it. I'm positive that you will love this positivity. Brethren, as I'm beating around the bush here, where can they go for this positively fantastic deal? You guys should head over to elmontusoccer.com. You want to tell us a little bit more about that, Nathan? Bro, do you see all these jerseys behind me? They're phenomenal. It's a great array. You could build your own jersey wall collection just like this at elmontusoccer.com. It's incredible. Mm. It's the greatest site on planet Earth where the more that you buy the cheaper it is per unit. And get this, when you enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout, you're going to save 10% on your entire order. Dude, can't do much better than that. That's ridiculous. That's adding positivity into your life. You know the joy that I feel when, when I get some new jerseys <laughs> from MLUSoccer.com and I open them up? I'm like, wow, this is positively the greatest thing that I've ever had. Fresh it's, jersey smell. Oh, Take it dude, all they in. come in those little plastic bags. Oh my goodness, what a feeling. Guys, go over to elmontyouthsoccer.com right now. The link is in our description and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout. Start building your very own Jersey Wall collection today. Yeah. On today's episode of the Jersey Wall podcast, we are going to do a little bit of would you rather when it comes to Europe's top stars. We hope you enjoy. dude i got like the tjw power rankings right like all these jerseys i have millions how like which one people ask me which one's your favorite all this this history behind them this is not gonna be the episode where i divulge into the history of the jersey wall however i do have like running power rankings right yeah like which one is my favorite at which time that's what power rankings are there been it's a hard recent to, update it's hard to pick usually right yeah if i had to like just go off the top of my head obviously like you know, the, the ones that I've risked that I got in cities that I actually visited, those are like ex- extremely special, right? Like I got Totti's jersey in Rome. That was a big one, right? I was getting high fives from people mm. in the streets. That was, a, that was an incredible feeling, right? When Brendan Dunlop hand delivered the Simao and Clint Dempsey jersey, because these guys are absolute ballers and he hand delivered the, any Everybody knows, you know, uh, sports in Canada knows Brendan Dunlop. He knew of my collection, said, I want to make a contribution. That's Those two were at the top of, the, of yeah. the power rankings for a long time until this weekend. Dude. Yeah. What happened? Let me tell I you. Think, uh, <laughs> I think I know what's going on. Yeah. Let me tell you, you what follow happened. follow TGW Podcast on Instagram, you also know what's going on. You would have seen it. You would have seen. See, TFC has this market for Italians yeah. that I, I respect them for. All right. It's, it's helped me love and embrace more Toronto Italians than I would have <laughs> in my normal Portuguese lifestyle. Okay. Now, when TFC brings in these elite little Italian men, you can't help but love them, right? The Giovinco one was very, very special. I got a Santos jersey, like just for me, okay? Inspired by my favorite player, David Silva. Inspired by Jonathan Osorio, number 21 on the back. Santos is the name on the back. Alex and I went to a TFC game this weekend. We we were trying to get some stuff signed, right? We got there nice and early, a couple hours before kickoff. As players were coming in, we had a few players sign them. I had two, like... TFC players that I won't mention because I don't think you'll know. It doesn't really matter. 
But when they signed the jersey, like, wow, this is cool. Then Jonathan Osorio came around. And I was like, <laughs> yo, what? Like Osorio, like, and he signed my jersey. So this number 21 TFC jersey was signed by TFC's actual number 21. That was, that was special. That, that was, was special. Brilliant. Yeah. But it didn't end there, dude. It didn't end there. Oh, yeah. Now, as the barricades kept getting smaller and smaller because the security was trying to make it tighter and tighter to be able to, you know, not have as many people lined up for the big man coming in. And I use big man as a little bit yeah, of an oxymoron, I don't know right? About big man, right? <laughs> Biggest superstar in the league with the smallest stature. Lorenzo Insigne comes by. Ooh. And there is now, you, do Could I have you to tell you about Lorenzo Insigne? <laughs> Bro, Lorenzo Insigne is pulling up from the parking lot and we, we're all just waiting at the barricade. We're like, oh my God, that's really him. And he, he gets up like a champion, okay? A lot of the superstars, what they do is they get just golf carted right in so that they can just wave to everybody, but they don't have to sign a million autographs. Yeah. He steps off the golf cart, sends his family in, okay? Then comes over and starts signing people's stuff. All right, he's signing Napoli move. jerseys. He's signing That's TFC yeah, jerseys. Yeah, he's signing go. pictures. He's taking selfies. He's doing all this stuff, right? He walks by. And Alex and I now, we have not run to where the mob of people who are swarming him are. Because okay. we're like, we are at a very good spot in the barricade here. And if we leave our spot, we're going to be at the back of the crowd there. And, and then we're going to miss it when he comes yeah. here. Right. So we're like, we have to play our cards right now. This is a very dangerous game because there's a chance that he just Risky. says, okay, I've done all my, I've done all my signings. I'm just going to run in. And now all we have is a story about how he signed someone else's jersey. Yeah. But we wait, we wait, we're patient. We're chanting, we're cheering his name. Oh, Lorenzo. <laughs> Pounding on the barricade. It's getting like, it's given him a proper Toronto welcome. And as he comes over, he's like, obviously they go to sign more kids jerseys than adults. Cause you know, oh, big ass man. Yeah. And where he turns the barricade to come to our side, he just misses Alex and I by a few feet. Literally, ah. like, he just missed. So I'm devastated. I'm like, no, look, look That's at this No. So he's signing the kid stuff and he's moving down. <laughs> and I'm I'm still chanting his name. Turn, but Lorenzo, please, I have your jersey. Come on, man, please sign. And what, what happens, bro? His like, manager <laughs> grabs my jersey. Okay? Yep. Lorenzo Insigne's manager grabs my jersey out of my hands and my Sharpie, brings it to him, has him sign it and then walks it back over to me. That's Bro, sick. what a freaking moment. I could not believe it. And this wasn't the Lorenzo Insigne jersey that I ordered from IWantYouthSoccer.com, by the way, which hasn't arrived yet, but I just placed it. Very quick shipping. No big deal. The jersey that I had signed was the one with my name on it. So now this TFC jersey was signed by Jonathan Osorio and Lorenzo Insigne, and it has my name on it. This is now like That's top of the power rankings. I don't know how I'm going to beat this. I don't know how this will ever be topped. Yeah, well, you said that when Giovinco signed the the sign, right? Like yeah, the, the, bro, the, the NSVSports.com yeah. sign. That was a big one, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very no, cool. I think this one definitely tops it for now. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm, I mean, for just to see how happy you are, I would love for bro. it to be top because that means there's another phenomenal story that's going to be told on, you know, TGW episode number 500 or something. 100%, bro. And this is the yeah. thing, like… I couldn't like the only way to top this is to have even more stars as TFC gets them to continue or, to sign or this bigger jersey. Players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that, it, you know, when they come over, it's like, holy crap, this jersey was signed by 15 TFC players, all of which are superstars, right? Like that's the freaking move. And then you put it on eBay, watch the numbers go up and no, then you don't bro. sell it at the end. The sentimental value. Yeah. Just to yeah, exactly. know, just to assess just to the value, yeah. just for auditing purposes, how much yeah, is the collection worth? Market sold when it's just you <laughs> taking off the market. Yeah. 100%. Exactly what I'll do. Yeah, just let people know. Did you or really, I'll just post price? it on eBay with no price. Just like, this isn't for <laughs> sale, by the way. I'm just showing you that I have it. it I have like one of those like Facebook marketplace uh, posts that are just like $1. Yeah. And it's just a massive car. 
Bro, no, forget Facebook Marketplace. We can, we can talk all about the scam that is Facebook Marketplace. On Did Bro you talk. rub the signature in Alex's face? Alex's face. Alex didn't get one. And he was… Uh, yeah. Now, I was over the moon. I recorded a TikTok. Got over 10,000 views on yeah, it. Thank going, you, everybody. Grazie, yeah, well, somebody next to me yelled that. And I was like, oh, that's right. That is the word for thank you in Italian. That's exactly what I'm going to yell. And then I did. And I think he heard it. He had to have heard it, right? Yeah. Now, Alex and I went to this game specifically because we thought this would have been the Insignia debut, right? The way that the MLS transfer window works, much like, you know, the rest of the world, like you can register players during certain windows, right? Even Mm -hmm. if you sign them at different times, you can register them as of July 1st. So he had been confirmed to come to TFC since January, but we didn't actually get to see him play until what we thought would be July 9th. And the reason is that if he signs officially on July 1st, he's not going to play on July 2nd, right? Yeah. So we thought, okay, after a week of training, he'll be there. Sure enough, after we buy the tickets, we find out he's not going to be playing because he has this lingering calf issue, and I get it. TFC are not are not willing to risk their their boy. So now he's probably going to make his debut. So we bought these games in the supporter section of BMO Field, and I want to tell you all about that atmosphere because we thought we'd be we'd be seeing Insigne run towards us, sitting in section one fourteen, right? Yeah. And let me tell you, bro. I've never sat in the supporter section of BMO before. It's different. Really? It's is it different, pumping? dude. It is. Th- first of all, there's no sitting. There's no phones. Of course. There's no, th- you, all you are expected to do is by the hype man in front of your section, screaming at you with a bullhorn is to scream and sing the chants and claps. And it is not, it's not like, hey guys, let's make sure we're singing. It is profanity. (laughs) It is basically like we are the Spartans and this is Leonidas screaming at us. This is how we get to them. And where he's leading the chant. He was screaming so hard into the bullhorn that it broke. The megaphone stopped working after five minutes because of how loud he was screaming into it. So he had to just damn like rip his throat out trying to scream as loud as possible to get the atmosphere insane. Now, at times during the game, it felt like we weren't even watching the game. We were just watching the hype man. It was a very different atmosphere. I, I'll, I'll be honest. Everywhere else in the stadium, you probably can watch more of the game. Yeah. But to score, when TFC scored, the atmosphere, it of was course. beer showers. It was yeah. like I had beer land inside my ear. <laughs> and I was like, where did this come from? Why am I what? But Dude, we were chanting, so we were screaming, sticky. we were saying. It was so much fun. Everything about this is absolutely <laughs> incredible, bro. I highly recommend if you are a bit, like if you're a TFC fan, at least once go to the supporter section just to be part of that atmosphere. Cause he'll yell at you. He'll be like, I see too many phones. Get off your effing phones. And he'll be like, because he wants it to just be you are screaming yeah, these this, songs yeah, as we yeah, chant yeah. them. It's crazy, bro. Unbelievable atmosphere. I like it. I like it. It's not like those uh those classic MLS chanting videos that you see on on YouTube and stuff where it's like the atmosphere is so dead. Yeah. Well, I mean. The thing is that what we have to put in perspective is this is the supporter section of the stadium that seats 30,000 and 27,000 people were in the stadium, which is a fantastic turnout. But when we compare it to Europe, it's like the, the entire stadium is doing that, right? The entire no, stadium but, is seeing yeah. all the chance. I, I see what you mean, but I think with bigger stadiums, you suffer a little bit by, you know, less people are closer to the pitch. Yeah. So the atmosphere, and obviously not everyone's going to be like bumping all the time, unless no. it's a massive big game like a derby or whatever. Right. So it's nice to see that, you know, the atmosphere in a compact stadium like that is pretty good. Yeah, man. It was really nice. And I think that it, like, the fact that there was 27,000 people there meant that it felt really full, right? Because that means there was only like, what, two, 3,000 empty seats, which 
on most TFC games, I would say they sell out like closer to 20,000 rather than closer to 30. But it was, and it's so fun, man, in the supporter section. Because there's, you don't, your seat is not really a designated seat because you're yeah, not you supposed to be moving. in it. Yeah, you, you Everybody is supposed to squish together Shift. to make this giant ball of people and energy. Crazy, man. No, it's, so it's great fun. energy at TFC these days, man. Like obviously the case signing and, and everything like that. Like how do you, how do you feel being a TFC supporter from, better now ago. than I did a few months ago, bro. Because this yeah. is the thing. Often with North American sports markets is that like they'll go through good times and then bad times, right? Because that's just the way the the ball rolls, right? We were champions in 2017. And then as the team ages, you get the rebuilds, you get more. Right, like you know, any fighter, other team. Like anything else, right? Like it just yeah. happens. Now, very, very rarely does a team continue to rebuild when they're at the top. That's a lot harder to do. But from where TFC started the season to where they will end the season, the signings that they've been able to make with Insigne, bro, Bernadeschi is coming. Like, that's that's going to happen. Mark anthony K just signed that's in midfield. insane transfer that I can't even believe. No kidding. Cristito came in, which isn't like a blockbuster signing, but this is like a, a 15-year veteran in Syria coming to play left back when we desperately need a left back. Yeah. TFC are making serious moves. And this isn't... We usually don't dedicate this much time to MLS content or the TFC content, but the fact that it's so, like, important right now, I feel like I have to tell you about it. You have to be topical as well. Like, right? This is a local team. Yeah. And the thing is that this is, these are the kinds of moves that gets people interested in watching. Because we know yeah. in the Toronto market, especially with the exception of the Leafs, everyone else, like when they suck, people don't really care. When they're good, everybody tunes in. I can't believe the Leafs still sell out seats. Yeah. It's, it's an anomaly in sports. It really is. But for like the Blue Jays, when they're fantastic, most people are watching the Jays games. I hate baseball, but I was watching the Jays game a few like a few years ago in high school when they were really good. Yeah, right? yeah. everybody watched the Raptors we, games. We all did that, yeah. Right, we all did that. We just gravitate towards the the best versions of the team. And now this is a team that was going from youth academy pr like promoted players across the team to now getting rid of one of the team's biggest stars in Pozuelo, who's league MVP a few seasons ago, mm -hmm. right? Sending him away to bring in more ample like i don't want to just call it cap space because it's not really that but it's like players to better fit the system at hand now you're gonna have vincini and bernadeschi on the wings mark anthony k to solidify a very very shaky midfield which we desperately need new fullbacks and probably a new center back too dude that's that's way more than eastern conference that's like mls contention yeah yeah well i hope so right because that that means better atmosphere Absolutely. in toronto and i think yeah man the city really needs it it means the ticket prices go up though which sucks well you know that's what sucks about it. It sucks that it's like that we can't just. It's a consequence. Exactly. But what are you gonna do? Oh well. It means I paid six fifty for a water, for a Dasani water. Oh, that's awful. I know. What are you gonna do? Anyway, bro. Should as we I move into light. Alex, Alex must have spent fifty bucks on beer. T two beers, three beers, and he would have spent <laughs> so much money. Just but, more expensive uh, water. I wanted to devote time for that off the top because I felt it was important to actually talk about that. However, it's not the primary focus of the episode. The primary focus of the episode is would you rather? And it's not a would you rather between us, though we could definitely do that. That we might come into our bro that. talk. That might Me, come into our bro Joe. talk, actually. I've written a few questions that might come into our bro talk. Me, you, uh, and Joe. Let's do it. Depending on the timing. But basically, what I'm seeing right now in the great world of Fabrizio Romano mm -hmm. is that a lot of teams are rebuilding in similar ways which means they have similar targets. So you see a lot of players who are like, which one do I pick? Mm -hmm. And I want us to talk about that. Which one would we pick if we were that player? Okay. Right. Or how seriously should each club actually be, be pursuing that player when they're looking at other, when they're looking at other teams? Yeah, bro. Always try to keep it fresh here at the Jersey Wall, man. We do new stuff all the time. All <laughs> right. 
the first player I want to talk about is Rafinha. Okay. Okay. Now, like two yeah, weeks ago, Rafinha had a deal with Chelsea, right? Leeds agreed. Chelsea agreed. They agreed on the fee. Yeah. While Barso, we're still trying to be like, ah, we can't afford that. So we can't really sign you, but we still really want you. Then a few weeks later, it seems like Barca have found another 20 mil and are now probably the 20 mil they owe Frankie de Young, whatever. <laughs> they found another 20 mil and they're like, okay, we can make it happen. So now they have a, a better offer than Chelsea did, which seems like it's up to the player now, right? To pick which club he'd rather go to. So Leeds has accepted their new bid is what you're saying. That's my understanding from what I've read on Twitter. Okay. Now, I don't know if Barcelona are planning on just being like, well, we'll pay you the 70 mil across 10 years and 10 million installments. And Leeds like, no, we want it now. Right. But basically, if you are Rafinha and you have the option to join Barcelona's project or Chelsea's project, which one would you rather go to? Right. So to put this into context, as also we should mention that Arsenal were in for Rafinha and then Chelsea hijacked their deal and then Barcelona yeah. hijacked Chelsea too. That's, right. that's exactly. Okay. So. The fact that Arsenal is not even in this discussion is hilarious to me. Yeah, I, don't, I honestly forgot that they were that close to getting them, to be <clears> honest, yeah, because almost at one time they were really, really close. And then you're right, as soon as Chelsea hijacked it, it just seemed like Arsenal couldn't compete anymore. No, because then you're taking them to a Champions League level club, which right. is... Yeah. But I think, Barca, I think Barca were always in the mix. I think Barca just don't have the money to keep up with it, right? Yeah. Which is, like, from a club perspective, if we're talking about Chelsea versus Barcelona, I think Chelsea are in a better position to make this move, yep. right? Because they just... Vacated their hundred mil (laughs) signing, right? So now apparently they have all this. I guess Lukaku's wages have cleared up. They they just signed Sterling, right? And now they want to go for Rafinha as well. Yeah, the the Sterling one is one I wanted to bring up because to to add context, we know Chelsea has no shortage of wingers. Like they have no kidding, like wingers forever. Mm -hmm. And to add an established one like Sterling and making it the first signing of the Todd Bailey era. I think that's how you say his last name, Bailey. Bailey. There's Bar- way too many letters Bar-ly. that don't match in that. Yeah. Name. But anyway. B-O-E-H. <clears throat> no yeah, that's weird. No one knows. Um, but it was, no. I think it was 60 million pound deal, right? For for Chelsea? Uh, for for Sterling or for yeah. Rafinha? For yeah, I think it's 45 million pounds plus 10 million add-ons. Right. So he's not going to sit on the bench. He's he's going to be a, a main guy, right? Like he's... I would imagine so. I, I would I imagine... Think- because I don't think if you're Sterling, you're leaving City unless you're guaranteed a starting place right. elsewhere. I think that's the whole point, right? Is that he thinks he can start more and he wants to go to a team where that will be more guaranteed because in Pep's rotation, you never know. But it's clear that he hasn't been as big as Pep's project as he probably would have liked in the last right. two seasons. And he's coming in with with a lot of goals, a lot of trophies. Yeah. And and so he's, I think he's almost a guaranteed start. Like he I think so too. is now their, their project or, you know, the catalyst to rebuilding at Chelsea in right. this new era. So then the question then becomes, if you're Rafinha, do you leave Leeds for Chelsea to be kind of a plan B or an alternative to all the wingers that they have? Or mm. do you go to Barcelona, even though it's a bit of a mess right now, but you're guaranteed to play? That's the is one he? that I'm kind of... I think so, right? Because like, because this is my question is too. Is place? he? like Because apparently Barca have struck a deal with Ousmane Dembele, Dembele yeah. at a drastically reduced wage. So now if they have the option to re-sign Dembele or go for Rafinha, it makes more financial sense for them to sign Dembele, just in terms of like logistically. However, when you factor in Dembele's injury history, uh, I wonder how much that's going to... Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? It's almost like, well, damn, like this player will cost us more, but he doesn't. He plays constantly, right? Like Rafinha doesn't miss games. Usmane Dembele has played probably a quarter of the amount of games that he should have over the last four years. It's, it's almost a juxtaposition because it's like you have to... 
Yes, Dembele is great. That it's great that they got Dembele to stay. I think he, when he has been fit, he has been playing well. Yeah, but then oh, big time. You have to take um, the fitness into into account because yeah, Rafinha's greatest ability is his availability, right? Like he's always yeah, playing. He's good he's at never, a lot of things. He's never just injured for long term injuries. You have mm. to take that into account. And if if I'm Rafinha, I'm looking at it the same way that we're talking about it right now. Like, do I go as a backup where I can get? games every once in a while or do i go and take my chances and, and say that this guy's probably going to get injured some way down and, and to be honest like in barcelona he only has he only has dembele ahead of him well this is what i'm thinking so, okay so they can share the game the way that i'm looking at this is this, if rafinha is going somewhere for split playing time because let's face it like yeah. he would play the most games at arsenal right mm-hmm. but arsenal don't seem to be in the race anymore right so if you're going to split games at chelsea because of how much depth they have in attack or Barca, where you wouldn't think that they have that many. But then, if you think about it more, you go, well, hold on. Ansu Fati. Ansu Fati. Ferran Torres. Aubameyang. Right? Um, now you'd have Rafinha and Dembele and Lewandowski. Like, you start to just... It starts to pile up, right? Because Ferran Torres will play anywhere across the front three. He's anywhere, really. I think that Ansu Fati, we forget how good he actually is, but he ought to have the left-wing position on lock just yeah. as surely as Pedri has the center-mid position on lock. Yeah. Right? Like, just because he's young doesn't mean he can't hang because he was their best player two seasons ago, and then he just happened to pick up an injury all of last year. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's a good point. But then again, so, so let's shift to Chelsea now. Who would he have ahead of him, right? He's sharing minutes with, uh, with Hakim Ziyech. He's sharing it, unless he leaves, right? Yeah. Ziyech, Pulisic, um, Werner, Havertz, Sterling, depending Sterling, on the plane. Callum Hudson Odoi, right? So who, that, that's a lot more. Players that's a, lo- to that's a lot of players too. That's like six players anyway, right? Like, yeah. but I, who's more likely to offload some of the players in their front three? I think it's more likely that Chelsea do. That is true. But then, like, what does this Chelsea lineup look like? It's 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 interesting because. In theory, in theory, as you bring in new players for the fees that you're talking about here, when you are not the strongest in those positions, they ought to be playing, right? In yeah. theory, we could see a scenario here where Chelsea's front three for next season is Raheem Sterling, Kai Havertz, and Rafinha, mm-hmm. right? We can agree on that? Yeah. So now Pulisic and Werner are still backups, which is yeah. kind of the reason why they were like, hey, man, kind of don't want to be here if I'm just going to you know, not play even though Chelsea's rotation is, is very good, but that will affect chemistry and all these other things. Now, if, if it's Rafinha's dream to actually play for Barcelona, is it like at any cost where he's like, I just want to wear the shirts and then that's fine? Because what we haven't actually spoken about here is how good Rafinha is. And what I think it's important to remember about Rafinha is that a lot of times when you have these like flashy flair type wingers who love to cut inside and who are great at moving the ball, they don't track back. They're not that hard working. Mm-hmm. They just like to do their thing when they get the ball. Rafinha comes from murder ball. Right, like yeah. Rafinha runs and works his ass off every game that he plays, and he plays quite a bit. Right now, it's been obviously at a at a much lower level where he was able to be kind of the star. But I think it's important that you know we recognize what he's done in the team that he's done and how much of an impact he's had for them, and then say, well, if we surround you with with better quality players, what can you do at that point? Right. So if Rafinha is going to leave regardless, which it looks more likely to, if we can wrap up on this, who would you rather choose? Which project are you more invested in? See, on the one hand, you're going to a tested league where you've where you've played for the last couple of years and you know what is expected. Um, yep. But on the other hand, you're going for what I would think is more guaranteed minutes, and they're both in the Champions League, so you're not sacrificing competition. Right. Um, I would. 
I don't know, like, do you go with the stability of Chelsea or do you go with minutes at Barcelona and hope for a better move later on? Um, I'll be honest, Ben. I think I think he would like to wear the shirt of Barcelona regardless. Yeah. I just think that if we talked about this last week, I think Barcelona are going to bankrupt themselves in two seasons. I don't know if there will be a Barcelona, bro. <laughs> like, and that sounds like a hyperbole, but it. You pull a lead. Like, nobody literally, can just keep. They're, they're literally pulling a leads. They're going to have a fire sale on all their players when they have no revenue generated because the gamble that they've taken on all these high, you know, superstar players hasn't paid off. Look at Real Madrid's project right now. The time oh, to be spending 70 mil on they're not beating Real Madrid next season again. No. Right? In the Champions seasons. League or domestically. So I understand you want to rebuild in your project, but then you can't do that with a 70 million pound player who you're coming in when you're still trying to sign Lewandowski for 40. And then you're trying to sign a whole new backline too. Like, bro, it's go- it's adding up for them. I think if Chelsea I'm are in him, a much better position to yeah. pull the trigger. And if I'm him and I'm thinking intelligently about my future, not just what Bar- not just scoring goals for Barcelona, which is my childhood dream, but actually being better off for years to come, I'm picking Chelsea, dude. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And the, the reason I was going to pull up again is, um, do you really want to be held hostage by Barcelona in four years' time because they, they can't pay you your money? Yeah, he's not going to get paid. That's the thing. They're no. like, we're going to devote all of our transfer fee, but you have to come here for free. But he'll make he'll make 120k a week at Chelsea easily, yeah. And at Barca he'll make 20k a week, and he'll actually get paid. Yeah, and he, exactly. Oh <laughs> man, that's the thing with Barca, man. It's in a bit of a tough spot. It's not. I don't think it's the last time we'll talk about Barca today. It might be, but there's a few players who are linked with both. Yeah, and even if we don't bring them up again today, it's important to remember for Barcelona. We have to keep a very close eye on them as they go forward because. Like La Masia is producing and they need to devote their resources into, like we talked about last week, the free agents that can help them close the gap. And then once they're financially viable again, okay, then go get your guys. Yeah. But for right now, like let's, let's be real here. In two years, is Rafinha going to be worth more than 75 mil? I think it's very unlikely, which means again, Barcelona are going back to that strategy of buying players to the top of their value. And then they go have nowhere to go from there. You can't sell them for the same amount. Financially, that doesn't make sense. In two years, he'll be, Rafinha will be what, 27, 28? And he, they could buy him from Chelsea yeah. for like 50, 60 mil. Even at 70 then, at least then you'll be in a more viable position where you know, I'm not buying him at the top of his value. I'm going to buy him as he's on his way back down and he can help us for years to come. That is true. Right? Good point. You know what I mean? Because we have yeah, to look at these Chelsea guys as assets. Have, yeah, Chelsea also have more sellable assets. So even if they do lose right. money on Rafinha, they, they can still recoup their money somewhere else. 100%. Except, except not, for Lukaku. Lukaku has, has really <laughs> shot them in the foot there. Lukaku is not helping them balance books at all. Uh, the <laughs> next player that I want to talk about is um, Delict. Matthias Delict. Matthias. Now, here's what's interesting, bro. I remember talking about Delict when we, we, he was moving from Ajax yeah. onto a grander stage. And this is where we are faulted as, as people who, who are invested in rebuilds. A player like Delict is a franchise player. He's a guy who should be there at your club for more than 10 years. You should be doing everything in your power to make sure you can keep this guy at the helm for more than 10 years because you will not have to devote any of the resources to this position in that, for that amount of time. And as we know, it'll be cheaper to keep him than it will be to sell him and then buy somebody else. Right? Always. It ends up working like that, right? Keep your existing guy instead of going to buy a new one because then you have all these factors that come into play. Delict is being linked around. He's been at Juve for what, three years? Yeah. If that, two, three years? Three, four years. And now and now he wants to go because he's not as invested in Juve's project. They haven't done enough. And Juve have a project that they're building, right? They just signed Pogba. They just signed Di Maria. 
that they need to keep delict yeah. <laughs> to to bring them back to that stage where they can attract more delicts and then delict will want to Blahovich stay. Also, recently, right? Like they're right. They're building, was a big adding, move. They've been adding resources for the last two or three windows, like Locatelli, yeah. Blahovich, right? So right. now Di Maria and Pogba on free agents, like. They're, they're and making moves. The amount that they paid for him, I don't remember the exact fee. Wasn't it like 80 million? I thought it was pretty freaking heavy, bro. Yeah, yeah, and and like I don't million. think they're going to sell him to either the clubs that are linked with him now, Bayern and Chelsea. And so Bayern Munich want to sign him because they think it just makes they're for the same reason we pitched last time. They're like, yeah, that's a franchise player. Go get him. We can keep him for a long it's time. It's a hell of a Bayern move, right? It's such a Bayern move, and they're so going to undercut Juve, too. They're going to be like, eh, we'll give you 35. <laughs> Take it or leave it. And then, you know what I mean? It'll be low, and Juve will be like, no, man, we want 60. And I'm like, 37. Like, ah, fine. Because <laughs> Delict will force it, and they'll just totally steal Delict for a wonderful fee. And then he will stay at Bayern for 10 years, right? Like, And we know that that's going to happen. Yeah, and he'll get jacked. Because Bayern makes sure that that happens. He'll be the white coolie bully. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> And then the alternative is you could go to Chelsea, right? Chelsea are also heavily linked with this player because they're looking for, you know, players to plug into their back line that lost everything and everybody, <laughs> right? Now, when, yeah, we were, when Joe and I... Of your back line for free is not great. It's a big deal, man. When Joe and I were doing the Chelsea rebuild, neither of us brought up the link. Right. And I think you the brought reason up, is uh, that... Koulibaly though, right? Joe brought up Koulibaly. There you go. I don't think that Delict has a place in a back three. That's my hesitation. I, in a, maybe as the center one, but Thiago Silva plays there currently. I, I don't see Delict as being very good as a right center back in a back three. I just don't think that's his best position. I, I only hesitate to agree because of, of his background. He's Dutch. He's played at Ajax. I, I think yeah, but he was a, he was a center back he was, in a in a back three. Like they understand um, how what I, that means. I I get it. I just. I haven't seen enough of that. Like if he were to, I think it'd have to be the center of the back three, in which case I'm like, yeah, okay, I can yeah, see that. that but Thiago sense. Silva plays there still. Yeah, but Thiago, Thiago Silva is not vacating that position. He's 37. You watch your mouth. You that's go. a, that's a, that's a legendary player. You do not assume age with players like that. No, but I know, but even as we've seen, like with Ronaldo, okay, like, so he's like 70. The <laughs> age is not, yeah. The age isn't, isn't quite doing it for him. And, and the lick is not going to be brought in to be, a cover for Thiago Silva. And I don't think that they, after losing their entire backline, want to bench their captain now to put in a young guy, right? I think that if you're bringing him in, it's because you're looking to plug right center back or left center back. And because he's right-footed, I think it'll be the right center back position. And I don't think he'll be very good in that position, especially with how often James gets for it. I think yeah. he's going to get run through because he's very, very stocky. And that's not, like you compare him to a Jules Koundé in a back three position and you go, oh my God. Right, center back. Jules Kounde is born for that. 100%. He's athletic. He's slim. He's tall. He's, he's you know, he's not, not super tall, but I mean, he's like 5'11". He's a perfect height for a right center back in a back three because he's mobile. He can pass. He can carry. And I'm like, that's I'm not describing Delict when I use, no, those, when heavy, I use yeah. those things. Right? Delict is heavy set. He's slower. He's aggressive. He's thick. He's, he's strong. He's, he's a perfect one for a center of a back three. But they don't need that right now. And so I'm worried that they're going to commit it. Whereas if he were to go to Bayern, he's going to play in a back two. Immediately. Or at the center of the back three, if they want to do that. And then they go, yeah, that's fine. Because we can build around, right? Like we can put other players around. We could put Upamecano on one side. Then we can put who they just signed there. Um, I forget. No but even Pavard in a back three on the other side. Like, yeah, that works. Bayern can play a back three with Delict. Yeah. So if you are Delict and you understand where Bayern are and what, success you are almost guaranteed by going there versus Chelsea and understanding the impact that you can make in restoring the balance of the Premier League. We just talked about, you know, Chelsea's project. We spoke about it on offense. Now we're looking at it defensively. Which of these projects are you more invested in if you're Matthias Delict? I'd go to Bayern. 
just yeah. picking up trophies every single year. That's, and I think they're also more likely to be challenging for the the Champions League. I think, yeah, like we mm. were saying that, but I think we're neglecting that. Bayern is also having a mini rebuild of their own, you know, signing money yep. and getting rid of Lewandowski probably sometime this window. Yeah. Um, I think they signed um, Masrawi as well, uh, Gravenberg. Yeah. So they're they're having their own like mini rebuild right. and, and to be But they don't really that, call it a rebuild because they never fall no, off, no. right? They just keep restoring and it's replenishing just, whatever it's just, it is. Yeah, that they maintenance. Need. Right? Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> refreshing the squad. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so so to be <laughs> someone who's still relatively young with captain mentality. Yeah. And to join that team and, and be part of that maintenance, yeah, <laughs> I think would be a great move for him. Right. So you think it's you think that if you're him, you would rather get the the guaranteed success of Bayern, even though it might be worth marginally less than achieving something with Chelsea. Because this is how I kind of see it, right? And you know, I'm not I'm not here to discredit the Bundesliga. I love the Bundesliga, but I think if you're like a star like the like, you have to look at options. See, when I get hundred views on YouTube, they're mm. worth more to me than a thousand views on TikTok. And the reason is that TikTok's easy to get a thousand views, right? Yeah. They just they just pick up. It does it automatically. Whereas if I get I gotta work for a hundred views on YouTube, right? So I would almost rather get the lesser views on the platform that's harder to do it than it is to get more somewhere that is easier. Right. And I don't know if the lick shares that mentality because he's just a comp- I mean he joined you he joined Juve, which is at the top of, of Syria. So clearly he, you know, and he and he fell off with them. No, mm. no offense to him. No offense to him. They still won, but I mean, they, then they they dropped. Okay, he's not watching this. <laughs> no, exactly. Hey, he might, bro. You never know. We're international, bro. Uh, when you I'm look at the Bayern project versus the Chelsea project, I think the Chelsea project might be worth more because even if you get a few less trophies or even way less trophies, do you? Which one do you care more for? Right? I don't know where he is. I don't know what the Dutch mentality is when it comes to Bayern. I think that. It's easy to it's so easy to make an argument to go to Bayern, and I've made one almost contrary to Chelsea. The argument kind of makes itself. I know, Bayern. but and like, yet you know exactly I still feel like Chelsea have marginally you just want to more. Watch him week in, week out. That's all it is. You just want to watch. Him I don't. Chelsea. I don't want to see Chelsea get stronger. <laughs> I would rather he go to Bayern, bro. It helps. It it will help my Bundesliga like fandom to be like, yes, look, they have stars. They can pull ahead of Premier League. I would rather he go to Bayern. Everybody actually. knows Bayern has stars. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, more people hopefully will tune in to watch him and watch Bayern win more trophies and stuff. Dortmund have had a hell of a rebuild if we're going to talk about rebuilds. Yeah, seven players sign or something like that. So if you're him, if you're Delict, you want to go to Bayern? Oh, uh, yeah. It's just the argument makes itself. You get way more exposure at the top level. I think it's way more sustained. Like at Chelsea, you're mm. competing with six other clubs realistically five but yeah in, in well in, right now two, Bayern, you're not even <laughs> right now it's like two no i don't need, I, I think i think say in liverpool are just out of sight from, of everyone oh like, you mean six just, other clubs just for the top four race yeah top four spot. I, yeah. I just think the one and two are nailed like they're out of sight for everyone else so it's it's not even chelsea might finish high this season yeah. they might have a great season they might pick up a couple of domestic trophies i still don't envisage them finishing above liverpool i can't i can't right. picture that and yeah. I think most of their fans would agree with me. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. So, so I, I, I would just go with what's more comfortable for my career. Fair. And I don't want to discredit Bayern's trophies by any stretch. I hope that that's not how it came off, right? Yeah. It's just, if like we we can all we it's feel just you take it for granted. Yeah, exactly. Everybody kind of takes for granted what Bayern are going to accomplish. Like you're pretty much guaranteed what semis in the Champions League, and you're going to win the league title because it's just what we've seen perennially for almost the last ten years. It'd be a very smart move from Bayern. And 
I can understand Chelsea wanting to add a dominant center back, but I don't know if that player fits the profile of what they need at this moment. And so therefore I'm with you. I'm going to go with Bayern. Yeah, there you go. Bayern Munich, bro. All right, let's go. Let's visit the pork shop. Ruben Nevsh. Hey. Ruben Nevsh is not linked around enough. Okay? Not at the top level anyway. He should be. He ought to be because he's a fantastic player who it's walks like in the Zio most teams. On Ajax. It's like, why, isn't, why aren't people inquiring about this? Yeah, like, like, he and he's been at Wolves. Wolves? Uh, Wolves. As Brendan Dunlop put. That's, that's how Portuguese Wolves. it is. He was, he's been there for over five years. Right? He's been at Wolves since the championship and then come up and, and play in the Europa League with it. Like, we know how good Ruben Evge is. There have been always constant links of where he will go when it's either a, a Europa League, a Champions League side, I'm going to put them between two projects. Okay. Hit me. United or Arsenal. If you are Ruben Neves, which project would you rather join? The Man United try project? try to be not biased here. Or the Arsenal I'm project. Now, you can, take the, you can take the United side, but I mean, if you're thinking from the player's perspective... No, I'll lay it out. I'll lay it out, and then I ahead. might end up saying United, but I'll try to lay it out as best as I can. So, I know I roasted Arsenal last week, but but like yeah. to and be this is coming from a guy here. who pitched Ruben Evch in his Man United rebuild. Yeah, but again, we're going. We're looking objectively here. Um, objectively, Arsenal is shit. Go to- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Objectively, <laughs> I think Arsenal do need strengthening in their midfield. Both teams severely need strengthening in their midfield. Um, yeah, I think the time. way Arsenal is rebuilding seems to be a lot more convincing at this point. Oh yeah, with with a solidified style that they're trying to identify um and it seems like rubinevs would be more suited to that style of play than what i think would be there for him at united and i only say that because i think a midfield of bruno de Jong, and um if he ends up coming uh, still a big question mark and yeah. nevs might be too soft i think it might be just a little okay. bit too soft. Like you don't have don't your energetic. Ericsson. Well, yeah. I mean, sure. Right. Ericsson will be put somewhere in this team. Somewhere, but it, but where? Right. So who knows? And I don't know. Ericsson I mean, you have a right, cam, so. and yeah, you're gonna. Have, I, I think he still starts. We have two cams. Good. We have Bruno and. That's what Panavik. I mean. Like you so already had like, a cam, and then you went to go get Ericsson. Like I think one of them is gonna play off the right in a four-two-three-one. Yeah. I think clearly that's what we're looking. I think it's probably gonna be Ericsson. I don't know. Anyway, so. I, I just think that that midfield by United is a little bit too cute, if you know what I mean mm. by that. It's a little bit too possession-based, not very energetic. They, no slow. one's breaking up the play here. Slow. Yeah. Um, so for for him, I think in terms of style of play, I would go with Arsenal a little bit more. Yeah. I, that's that's kind of where I'm leaning. Like if you're if you're a Ten Hag right now and you're looking what your midfield is and what your yeah. rumored incomings are, what the board is trying to do, you don't look at it and say, we need a ball-playing soft CDM. Like, no. Yeah. You, need, you need a physical guy to just break up the play and find someone else who is technical that you're trying to bring in, right? Like, if, even if De Jong doesn't come in, I think Ericsson has a higher higher possibility that he would sign. Even if you have Ericsson, Van de Beek, and Bruno in midfield, you don't need a ball-playing CDM in that. You need someone to break up the play, someone right. who's going to be you just solid. Rock. and yeah, yeah, just a solid rock at the base. Yeah. So I, I'd, for Ruben, I'd, I'd go with Arsenal, to be honest. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, and honestly, this is the thing. I feel like Arsenal have a more exciting established project right now. Yeah. And, but more United, for sure. United still have more pull, right? Which seems odd because they shouldn't based on where they are. But just from historically, I think that United's pull is still there. Yeah. If not 
falling marginally with every passing day and every window because it, that they don't like make the serious execution moves to bring themselves back to that level. Yeah. Right. But that's a gigantic project given everything that we know from behind the scenes from the board. And now finally appointing a manager that they're like, okay, this is our guy. We're going to give him the time to actually, you know, invest and rebuild into this project, how he wants to do it. I like a lot of, a lot of what Ruben Nevsh offers, but I agree with you. I don't think he's like the rock breakup play type six. I think he's the, I think that you know United would have been better off to go sign like Palinia, who just went to sign for mm. Fulham. If you're looking for that style of player, whereas I feel like the top level teams don't have that guy as much, right? Like if you look at if you look at City, right? Rodri cuts passing lanes, right? He suffocates teams with where yeah. he is positionally, and his tackling is fantastic. But his range of play and his goal threat is equally important. I could say the same thing for Casemiro, right? Casemiro is the exact same thing, playing at the base of a four three three. Right. Then we look at uh, Fabinho, for example. Fabinho is an excellent breakup play guy, but also a guy who can move the ball. Right. These are all players who are over six feet. These are all players who have, even if they're not like Rodri's not thick, right? Rodri's Rodri's pretty slender, but he, he's so intelligent. I don't think that that player is on the market right now for United or Arsenal, but at least Arsenal have Thomas Partey. And yeah. Partey is more of that style of player that would complement Ruben Neves style really well especially when when we know already that Arsenal are looking for a, a tempo dictator in midfield because they're linked with Yuri Tillemans as well right Ruben Neves is, is kind of the same right it's that it's a guy who's despite Joe disagreeing it's a guy who's good on the ball and it's a guy who can control the pace of the game but then when he's this dispossessed he's not that kind of six right then there are other styles of six like the Angolo Contes who are small ball winners right super yep. energy guys and then there are the big physical guys who are the ball winners, but they're not technically that great. And that's what I think United almost have to be careful of in their project is if they go sign like a Sangare, right? Ibrahim Sangare, who we've spoken about on the show a few times. He's 6'3". He's over 200 pounds. He's a big boy. He can lock down play. He's in all energy too. Yeah. But is he technically a great player? No. And so if United want to get to a a place where they have technically great players all over the pitch because that's what it's taking to compete in the Premier League right now. That's what City and Liverpool have, and that's the gold standard. Then they need. Then you almost can't say that we need to go get the rock solid six. It's like we have to get players who can control the game from start to finish. And Ruben Neves is more of that style of player. Now I agree that makes United's midfield incredibly soft. But if their back line wasn't so damn soft, they wouldn't have that much of a problem with it. It's, it's, because uh, let's because let's yeah. think about it this way. There's not a whole lot of midfields that are bullying people, right? A lot of midfield batters are bad, uh, battles are won by technicians, and the technicians can play holes through. Like David Silva would have had a field day playing against Ibrahim Sangari, right? It would yeah. have megged him off the park. But if David Silva came up against Rodri presently, it have had a lot a lot different challenge, right? So I started this argument almost like leaning towards Arsenal, but as I go through it, I'm like, man, you know what? I feel like it's actually more of what United need to say. We need technically gifted players who will not lose the ball and who can control and suffocate other teams. And I think Ruben Neves has that to his game. Maybe, yeah. I think I think you might have won me over a little bit. It's just for me at the moment to look at um, at our team and what needs plugging at the moment. It's it's kind of weird to to make that argument and to agree with you without seeing a solid defense. Right. It's yeah. kind of hundred percent. It's almost a chicken or the egg. Like, what do you address first? What, yeah. What has to? And come we talk first? about the six every week. We talk about how important it is. That's why I like Chuamani, right? Like, that's why I, I yeah. pitched Chuamani so hard because Chuamani was of the Rodri, Casemiro, yeah. Fabinho type six. That's why they where it's like 
Right. Like that's a player who can go win you the ball in midfield, but who's also technically excellent. Yeah. Right. And those are the players that you need when you're talking about, you know, having a lockdown six, especially in a four, three, three. So I'm just, that's, you know, that's my, that's where I'm at now. I don't it, know if we had to. It makes a lot of sense for both clubs. I Oh, big time. Who, who would I go with if I'm Ruben Neves? Um, I would, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to, what, what tough, would eh? you say? Yeah, because it's it's really, it's really. I've tough. convinced myself of this, but I've convinced myself from what United need, not what the player needs. If I'm Ruben right. Neves, I think I'd rather go to Arsenal. I think I that think I'm so the too, missing right? piece that they need, whereas at United, I think they need too much for me to be like, why? What's the point? I like Arsenal so have a Arsenal right now have a better chance of finishing the top four than United do next year. And if I'm him, I'm like, yeah. if I'm moving up, then I want to move up, right? Like Wolves are finishing higher than United, right? Like, and it's, and that's like right now that can fall apart really quickly in terms of what Arsenal is doing, right? Like they could, right. they could get absolutely battered. And then we see Arteta sacked and then he's just stuck there going, I don't know what to do because yeah. you know, if the next manager is going to want me. Right. So it's, it's very fragile at both clubs because at one point you have something that looks promising but could go wrong at right. any moment. And at the other side, you have a gigantic club that really needs to be rebuilt and it's right. not going to be an easy task. And you're not going to see much success within the next two years. Right. But it's just starting and you know yeah. that you're going to be one of the core pieces of that project. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. Anyway, I hope we answered that. In, is in his mind, I'd go with Arsenal. But All right. What I want. Boom. Is we got two more players. We're going to speed through these ones. We still have time for our bro talk at the end. Um, it's keeping on the note of Arsenal versus United because there's more than one player's link between the two, and it's Lissandro Martinez. Lissandro. Yeah. Right? It has to be. Now, this came out of nowhere, right? Everyone wanted Urian Timber, and then Van Hall said no because apparently hmm. Van Hall owns Urian Timber, and then everyone starts looking at Lissandro Martinez. Okay. A note on Lissandro Martinez, I'm not sure how much we've spoken about him on this show before. I feel like we have, but I never, between all the content that I make, I forget where I've spoken about which stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so let me know if what I'm saying sounds familiar, because it very well might. And then feel free to interrupt me at any time. He's too small, not <laughs> not fit for what they need. I think that he's <laughs> technically a very, very good player at center back, but I think that he's going to get dominated like by by any center back who's bigger than him. And his stats are a little bit inflated by where he's playing. And I have more concern about that for a 5'9 center back who's not as athletic as Urian Timber. Like, you know, you look at what Ajax were able to do and they had two center backs who weren't very big, right? Not, they didn't yeah. have a dominant center back, right? And both of them were able to achieve fantastic stats at what they were doing given where they were in the league and, and how Ajax play and stuff. And that's fantastic. But we're talking about two teams here who desperately need a dominant center back. Both Arsenal and United need that guy. I, apparently Maguire has been elected captain again. We can talk well, about that. We can devote I, I a little heard, bit of time I've watched the press conference, so I can tell you what he actually said. So. Tell me, because I just saw the quote saying he's still our captain. Yeah, so he, and again, to put some context into this, you've just lost a shit ton of players. You're probably going to lose Cristiano Ronaldo. He said, no, I don't um, think so. He said basically, um, well, for all intents and purposes, he's trying to push a move. And and that's that's right. all we can And say. Ten Hag's trying to push him to stay. Yeah, and, and then you can't make a player that's trying to move your captain, even if his name is Cristiano. Like, unfortunately, that it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Eric Ten Hag was basically saying, Maguire is the captain. He's And what he said was, and he stuttered a little bit trying to think of a word because I think his grasp of English isn't there yet. He said he's achieved a lot of success, but I don't think he meant success in terms of trophies because obviously he's never won a damn trophy. Right. But I think it's more <laughs> of like he's an established player in right. the, in the Premier League so far. Um, 
I think people are reading too much into that. And and to be honest, I at at first I was like, really, he's you're still going to keep him as your your captain? Yeah. But when you think about it, it's like who else is going to be captain? That's, right? Yeah, that's what well, I was I was talking well, to somebody about that this morning. I was saying like, I feel like it's almost like his hands are tied and doing it is putting the vote of confidence in the player. And maybe he thinks that instilling that confidence like in him will start, help yeah. him get back. Yeah. Because they're not linked with any dominant center backs. Like, here's the thing. I don't think he would have done that if they were linked. If if United had already signed Koulibaly, for example, Yeah, I don't think they make Agreed. Maguire captain. Because it's yeah. like, no, we have our dominant center back. But everybody who they can go out and get, Lissandro Martinez apparently is at the top of the list because he's left-footed. And that's apparently the most important thing. I get technically he's a very good player. Like, I, I'm not dissing his stats. I understand stats are stats for a reason. No, he's a good player. But you can't have two cat center backs right like Varane is not solid Varane is technically gifted and he's a good athlete and he moves well and he can do things with the ball Lissandro Martinez is the same thing you need a captain and a leader at the back and if he thinks that Maguire is that fine but I hate to break it to you Maguire he's not bringing in Lissandro Martinez to ride the bench he's bringing him in to take your freaking spot right yeah and if you could have brought in a Gleason Bremer uh Matthias Delict, a a uh, Khalidou Koulibaly just by example, just to name a few, those players would have taken Maguire's spot in the back line as the dominant center back mold. And then probably Bruno gets elected captain. But it seems like because United are not pursuing that, that he's like, well, I have to appoint you as the captain, as the as current default. captain anyway, because you are the dominant center back. And I'm hoping that I'm instilling confidence in you and hopefully yeah. you can continue. Now, as that doesn't mean United aren't going to try to sign somebody new, right? Because there's not that long ago, like we've seen players are anointed captain and then they just don't play as much, right? Because they're just like, you're not always going to get the armband on the pitch. You're just a squad captain. Fernandinho has been City's captain for the last how many years, but he yeah. doesn't play as regularly, right? For the past two seasons, right? Since company left. So if you're Lissandro Martinez and you have to pick between these two projects, because really our concerns are about both of these clubs needing a different mold of center back, but that's not the question here. The question is, which one would you rather pick? We're back to the, which project are you more invested in? And I want to know if your answer changes here because are Arsenal just more interesting in every position right now? Or is it that it's only specifically in the Ruben Neves midfield spot because they need that type of player? Whereas Arsenal already have, two, like they just bought Ben White for 70 mil, right? Gabriel is, is coming on well. That's a that's a center-back partnership that they're trying to build. And Ben White is 5'9 as well, Yeah, right? If he's coming to United, if Lissandro Martinez is coming to United, it's to be... It's it's in my opinion. I don't I don't think it's going to be very controversial here. I think he's coming in to be Rafael Varane's uh, center back partner. And from United, from like a United perspective, I think that that is not the best move in the world. But for him, I don't know. Are you more interested in playing next to Rafael Varane or to playing next to Gabriel? Right. Like, and it's also important to say, like this is a manager that you just want to leave with for the last two years, and right. you also know him really well. You know exactly what he wants from you, yep. and and. For him to go to a different club, a, a big, big club that needs a big rebuild, and for him to look at his old team and say, I want you, that's a big vote of confidence. I would go with United because, right. because it, you're being told by the guy that just left your club that I want you with come with me. Right. Yeah, maybe it wasn't his first option because he probably wanted Timber yeah. <laughs> tried to get him and then Van Gaal stepped in. But then right. again, it's still a move for a guy that you know is going to be there for hopefully for the next two or three years. And yeah. you can, you can go be part of this rebuild that he's instilling that, that, uh, that he's doing and mm -hmm. he's instilling his confidence in you by asking you to come with him and be part of right. this thing. And not to mention if he's brought in, there is a possibility here that United 
play a back three in some capacity. That's what I was just thinking that, yeah. Like, listen, Cesar Espelicueta is one of the best players to ever play in the Premier League. Like, not in terms of skill set or anything, but in terms of trophies won, he's done everything there is to win. And he was, you know, captain for Chelsea, who have been one of the most successful clubs in the last 10 years, right? He started off playing as a left back, even though he was a right back. Then he played as a center back in a back three. That's his best position. Yeah. But he was never a center back in a back two, like not very effectively anyway, right? I feel like Martinez might be able to have a nice career as a left center back in a back three should they play that way. Because as we're seeing more and more, like you you don't always need a, a center back who's 6'5", right? It sure helps with set pieces. I don't think Lissandra Martinez is going to be that big a threat from set pieces. And if technically he can get the ball off somebody who's far less mobile than him, then that's great. But those are like, I'd rather see that in a back three rather than him getting, you know, pushed off the ball in a back two. Because let's face it, if and let's be completely honest here. If Erling Holland comes up against Lissandra Martinez, we know who's getting better the better at that exchange every time. Yeah. I don't care how technically gifted the center back is, right? Holland's coming to bully center backs that are as good, but way bigger, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that United have to consider. But I think you're right. I think that the Ten Hag influence will supersede the stability of Arsenal's project right now. And if you're Lissandra Martinez, I think you pick United. I would agree. All right. The last one, the last player we're going to discuss today is Paulo Dybala. Mm, is an interesting one. Big sexy name here. Paulo Dybala apparently loves Juve. The love of his life. Never, ever, ever wants to leave Juve. Except that he did as a free agent. And he's going to sign with another giant <laughs> yeah. in the Serie A. So it's like, are you really that in love with Juve, bro? Because they're in love with you. And now you're going to go sign for Inter or AC Milan. Like, that's a pretty gigantic step. Now, AC Milan and Inter have both had interesting projects. And the Milan clubs are back, which means that he's going to pick one of them. He's more heavily linked with one than the other. But the possibility remains for him joining either. Yeah. If you are Paulo Dybala, which team would you rather join? Uh, this is big. This is big. So you're either linking up with Lotar Martinez and Lukaku or you're joining the champions, right? So, and right. you're continuing their success. Ah, there's a... There's because a think question. about this, bro. Think about this, right? We were talking about Hakim Ziyech playing Cam, but what if it's yeah. Paulo Dybala playing Cam? And then you have Rafa Leal, Paulo yep. Dybala, and Hakim Ziyech. I tell you, bro, across a midfield three of those guys? I like it a lot, actually. I really do. That's very interesting. However, you also have to think of the big three that is Lukaku Martinez. and... And um, Martinez, and now you're going to add him into that mix too. Like, bro, I tell you, that, that's a lot. Yeah, that's going to keep down. a lot of teams very, one. very occupied, yeah. right? Because now Inter would be moving into if they sign Dybala. Let's be real; they're going to play. They're going to play three, four, one, two to accommodate Dybala's best position. Of course. I think he's going to have Martinez and Lukaku ahead of him. <sighs> like, bro, do you know how many people Martinez keeps occupied? Yeah. All of them. That's why Lukaku looks so damn good. Now you're going to have Dybala to like play into those spaces too. Jeez, Louise, that's going to be exciting. But at AC Milan, you're joining the champions who need to refresh in their attack a little, right? Because they have two strikers who with a combined age of 95. So they definitely need to, to youthen up in that position. And the fact that he's coming as a free agent bodes well for AC Milan, right? Because they wouldn't have to... Yeah. Like they'd have him on a higher contract, but they wouldn't have to pay a gigantic fee for him. And, United, and they're not... Sorry, not United, but... Milan are not in a position to be paying those, you know, insurmountable fees. So if you're him, what do you do? The romantic part of me in terms of football would say AC Milan, but I think Inter is probably a better move for his career. I think he gets way more goals and assists with playing with uh, Lukaku and, and Martinez than, right. uh, than Ibra or Giroud or whoever else it's going to be. Rafael. Um, Rafael, yeah, of course. But, man. yeah, I think 
it will be it will be sick. I'd love nothing more than for him to go to AC Milan. Be but cool, if I'm right? the player, I'd probably go to the Inter. I think that makes sense. I know it's just it's just like, like a fluke that AC Milan won. The, you can't fluke a league, obviously, but it's like yeah, who's more likely to win the league again? It's probably not AC Milan. Yeah, I mean, especially not if Inter get Dybala. But I tell you what, if if AC Milan were to get Dybala, I think that it is just as it likely shifts, if they win yeah. the league again. It shifts. Right? Like, yeah, that's a monumental player to add to the team. And I don't know how AC Milan are going to, like, close this because ultimately their two biggest targets were uh, Renato Sanchez and Sven Botman, and they lost out on both. Right? Botman joined Newcastle. Yeah. And, and um, Sanchez is going to join PSG which means that they've lost out on their biggest targets, right? Which now means they have to go get Ziyech. They got Origi, fine, but that's not like, you know, the biggest deal in the world. I think they need a little bit of extra oomph to, to give them that edge if they want to try to repeat the league because if they don't, Inter are going to get them. And, and Inter playing alongside Lautaro Martinez and Romelu Lukaku, forget everything else across the entire pitch. Just that front three, I think that's it's the dangerous. best front three in Serie A. And then you look at the stability that they have elsewhere in their team. It's hard to yeah. say that that you know that they're going to lose. And if you're if you are Paulo Dybala, I think it makes marginally more sense to go with the team with the better strike partnership. However, is Lukaku going to be permanently rejoining Inter, or is it just a one year loan? Because we know it's yeah, just a one year loan, which means you're doing this for one year. But as a free agent, you're going to be signing, let's face it, a four or five year contract. And AC Milan's project is more interesting long term. That's true. That's right? true. That's, That's what you have point. to consider too, bro. That's a good point. Ah. I don't know, man. It, it's a really tough one to pick between those two teams. Big decision for Paul. The fact is for him, I can't believe that he's even going to join another Serie A team. I think that like, that will crush Juve fans, but we know he's not going to stay with Juve, even though he probably ought to. If he really loved the club that much, like you can't be sobbing in tears and then join a city rival, right? Like that, what a... Like, come on, man. How are you really going to do that, right? I still think there are teams elsewhere in the world that could benefit tremendously from Apollo Dybala, given the, the player that he is in the system that we know he will be best at. But clearly, he loves the Serie A. And so if you're joining one of the two Milan sides, are you gonna are you comfortable with locking in your answer of Inter? I'll lock it in. Sure. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll say it. I think, I think short-term, it makes more sense to go Inter. Yeah. Long-term, I think it makes more sense to go AC Milan. I 100% agree with that. But I'll stick, so, to, I'll stick to what I said. Fair. Okay, bro. I, I think, that, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. Short-term, Inter, long-term, AC. Yeah. And that's it, bro. Very true. That's all the would-you-rathers that we have for today for our footy portion of the Jersey Wall podcast. We have to do would-you-rathers, like conversational would-you-rathers. Well, we have conversational would-you-rathers. I have one right here, bro. Hey, let's do it. I have it. a would-you-rather for our bro talk if you want to discuss it. it. Okay. We can do like a whole bro talk. We haven't done an international break bro talk for a while. We should do that in the coming weeks. Because we normally do those during the international breaks, but during the yeah. summer windows, like when there's not hot, hot off the press transfer stories, what else are we going to talk about, bro? Of we course. have to do our pre- we have to preview the seasons, minutes. right? So in the next few weeks, we got to preview the league. We got to predict everything. We got to do Premier League preview specifically. Yeah, we have to do a fantasy team, right? Who you should have in your fantasy teams because sure. there's been a lot of players that were added to the league, and so we have to talk about that. Um, Bro, we have so much to talk about still in the coming weeks, but we have to find a day for an international break bro talk because as much as I love talking footy, when we just talk about nothing. Uh, that's those, some those some of my most favorite episodes. Yeah, there's nothing better, bro. Just being stupid about stuff. Anyway, 
would you rather? Okay, we're going to continue with this for right, our talk. Let's do it. Okay, and everybody at home listening, please play along with us. Reach out to us. Tell us which one you'd rather do, or if you think that our arguments suck. I want to hear it genuinely. <laughs> I saw this one in a video and it made me think this would be a good bro talk conversation. Uh So I want to have this with you. All right. I might've sent it to you. I don't think I did, but let's, let's see. Would you rather be able to speak any or every language in the world Mm. or be able to talk to animals? Ooh, I know, dude. That's a crazy one, right? That's a good one. You could talk to basically any human on planet earth or any animal on planet earth. What's more valuable? What can I sell more? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how can i make money off of YouTube? right bro <laughs> oh because on the one hand it's like you could talk to all the animals which means you can ask them to do certain things but no one will believe that you can talk to animals unless they do it and this is also the thing with talking to animals is you have to assume like if you could speak to a spider in your room and it could understand you hey hey get off. out before i kill you we, we're just assuming that it would be like, oh, okay, my bad, bro. But like the fact that it's in there, it tells me that it, it, it has, it's up to something. It's like, no, nah, man, I think I'm going to stay here and eat. So well, there's a chance that talking to animals like, and their dicks. Worry, I, won't, I won't do anything to you, but I'll get rid of the bugs that are in there. Well, that would be you a tremendous that, understanding. If you could establish that trust with the spider, that'd be huge, yeah. right? But I think the only dog that would willfully, sorry, the only uh, animal that would willfully like follow whatever it is you ask is a dog. I feel like oh, some animals 100%. that we, I feel yeah. like some animals are dicks. All right. And we just yeah. don't, we don't think that like we just think they can't. They're yeah. snakes for a reason. They I don't think they would do. I think, I don't think You're spiders like, would be kind. I, I'm sorry. I don't think that it would be like, no, man, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take care of the bugs. You just get some sleep together. We'll have a good partnership. I, I would see that as like, no, I, I think you're lying. I think you're just trying to fuel up so you can overtake me. So I have to see, kill you I before think, I give you that chance. I think spiders are like the bike members of, of the animal world. Okay. And like the, I know they're arachnids, whatever. <laughs> I think they're like, they look scary, but when you talk to them, they're lovable. You know what Interesting. I mean? All spiders? No. Fuck no, Australian right? spiders. That's Australian what I'm saying, bro. Like, you tell me a spider the size of a dog is, is I don't know. Australian um, spiders can, can piss off. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get close enough to one that I could have a conversation with it. Because I'm not talking about mind control here. I'm just having, I'm talking about conversation. Yeah, you're just, con- yeah, you're just conversing. Right. Like, you can't We're convince just conversing. anything. You could just, right. like, ask a snake, hey, please don't bite me. Be like, fuck you, watch this. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I was going hiking and I saw a bear... And the bear wanted to eat me. Just the fact that I could talk to him doesn't mean that's not going to eat me. Yeah, Same as if I'm walking through an alley late at night, I can talk to the guy who's about to stab me. He might still stab me. Yeah. Right? I'm not, it doesn't make me any more persuasive. We're yeah. just talking. It's going to be like the 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 bear that gauze, like, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Mauled fucking Leonardo DiCaprio into. Oh, yeah. In the Revenant. It's yeah. not going to be Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> no. No. Okay, sure. You got any salami? I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to go to the store. Come with me. Like, we're assuming that animals are friendly. But I think it's interesting yeah. that we do that because we're putting it within our own minds. We're thinking, what would we be if we were that creature, right? It's I would love it though to just hear, because you know how some animals mate for life? Yeah. I would love for the, to be able to hear their like marital fights. <laughs> You'd love to hear about an otter's problems. You like, fucking call the sardines, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. He's like, where do you want to eat? Yeah, you're talking to little otters, Blake. I heard you guys hold hands when you sleep. (laughs) I hold. I heard you guys hold hands when you sleep. That way, you don't drift apart. Like, yeah. Oh my God, she she won't let me go, man. I don't have two seconds to myself. My hand falls asleep. (laughs) It's like I have nothing in this arm anymore. It'd be funny to interview them, right? To be able to say to be a translator for animals, or if you could convince them, right? Imagine because the fact that you can communicate with them means there's a chance you could be persuasive with them. 
right? We're going to assume intelligence here. Okay. And say, okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to train this animal. We're going to create a mutual understanding. Let's say it's picking an elephant, uh, any like gigantic animal. No, you have to get Let's something say, that you're going to like, that you're going to see everyone. No, no, but I mean, you're talking from a, from a financial standpoint, right? If okay. I could, if I could own an right. elephant and I could communicate with it and I could say, I'm going to give you all the peanuts you want, but I need you to do this for me, right? I need you to, I need you to suck up this water and blow it specifically at this person. Cause I'm going to tell them that I'm going to like, this is my, my water cannon elephant. And he does whatever I tell him, no matter who I tell him to do it to, then that's a tremendous financial asset. Right. Cause I'm not talking about ruling the world here. I'm not talking about, I'm going to have a herd of lions take over every village. And then I'm going to be like the king of the world. I'm talking about like, could I go on AGT and be like, I'm the animal whisperer. Watch me do this. Right. <laughs> yeah. With, I could have a tiger off leash. Yeah, talking. That's to how him. you sell it off. You're, you're AGT. Right. Or you right. become like a dog trainer and you're just like getting to know the dog. It's like, hey, yeah, stop licking your balls. <laughs> He's like, no, jealous? I'm like, damn straight I am, bro. <laughs> you're talking to... But then again, right? We have to give credit to being able to talk to any human on Punisher. Yeah, I see that. That's a I valuable that's skill. Way too valuable. I think that's, that's way too valuable. That's a very valuable skill. Because you know what you do? Like you're just... Your resume is all the languages you speak. Yeah. Because then you're, you're the number one translator on earth uh, immediately. Plus, you'd be you so interesting. Anyone, you'd be so interesting. Yeah. Like, imagine you could just walk up anywhere and be like, "Yeah, I can talk." Whatever. You know it is that uh, GeoGuessr guy on TikTok? Yeah, what, the, with, the, with, with the land regions. Yeah. No, I hate that guy. Screw that guy. Uh, that guy's he cheating. He's, he's definitely cheating, bro. He's definitely cheating. Guy you guys will definitely. Soil. You guys like, have to know oh, who we're talking it's about. Argentina. Yeah. Shut up. You guys know who we're talking about? Just to give context Shut to this, up. you guys ever seen this? We've seen this dude on Instagram who's like a professional Google Maps guesser. Okay, and what he does is he sees fragments of a clip from anywhere in the world and he of can like identify concrete. it within he's 50 like, oh, look at this concrete he's like looking at the sidewalks this is ecuador he's like yeah that's what latvia. how this, one this yeah latvian concrete bro he that. said kyrgyzstan by looking at a fence <laughs> that, that's impossible you can't possibly know it can't be that distinctive that across you're telling me a chain link fence in mississauga <laughs> ontario looks any different than one in Washington, D.C. Bullshit, bro. No, it's not. A fence bordering a field <laughs> made of two by fours <laughs> looks exactly the same anywhere that you are. I don't care. This guy's cheating, man. Yeah, 100% is cheating. Has to be. Yeah. No, I, I think, honestly, just because of how cool it is to, to learn languages and stuff like that, I'd probably go with language. Because you can train a dog to... Because I don't, I don't need to speak to a giraffe. What am I going to do? <sighs> Yeah, I'm going to go, know, man. Gonna go to America's I, Got Talent and, and they're just So you think it's like, kind of a useless skill? Like it'd be interesting, but kind of useless? useless. Be a little of, useless. Because of Dr. Doolittle, obviously. We've seen that. Mm. But at the same time, I think the trick would get old. People would, would just get used to it. Oh, that's the dog guy. That's the animal That's fair. Guy. That's fair. I mean, if you're talking from a corruption standpoint, though, then I think you'd rather be able to speak to animals. Because if yeah. you could command at your fingertips a flock of birds... I'm like, hey, paging all the condors and I'm going to have them carry me around. Yeah. Then that, I'd be pretty cool, right? Imagine the entrance you could make, right? Riding in, standing on the wings of a condor, landing on your, the top of the helicopter pad at like, you know, a Vegas casino, walking Mm. downstairs with tigers as your entourage because you can communicate with them. This is only contingent on you being able to be persuasive if you can talk to them, not just understanding what they're thinking. Because let's be real. If we're talking about a shark, I don't know if a shark has thoughts. I think a shark just eats. <laughs> right? I think it just... Is, what's this guy thinking? Oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> food? That's food. Um, um, no, but that's a person with flesh and bones. Don't eat them. Uh, I have to eat them. I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, a camera? I'm going to eat that. Like, bro, I don't know if some animals are intelligent <laughs> enough to have thoughts. But if you could command 
if we were to assume intelligence and say ants are sentient life, I could command all of the ants in the world, like Ant-Man, to do whatever it is I need. That's a pretty freaking cool, that would be a superpower. That would basically be a superpower. It so we're talking about communication yeah. versus superpowers, in yeah. which case Edge goes superpowers, right? Yeah, because forget a guard dog. I'm getting I'm getting a freaking lion and a cheetah, just, yeah. in, just in case you're fast. And the lion... And I dare your building manager to say no pets allowed. Like, yeah? Tell that's my elephant. (laughs) He's coming up. So let's go, Jolene. I just saw the scene from Modern Family when he takes Jolene (laughs) the llama. (laughs) Oh, bro. Anyway, Um, what a fun episode. Yeah, no, I I would definitely go with the languages. Unless you can convince the animals. Because if we're going to, if that's the caveat, then animals. But if if we can't convince the animals, it's just conversation like it is with languages. Because then again, if you're speaking their language, it doesn't mean they're going to agree with you. 100%. They're just going to cuss you out and you're going to understand it rather than going, oh, Spanish sounds amazing. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Like, wow. Just nodding and saying yes. Yeah, Yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. 100%, 100%. Bro, that's hilarious. Anyway, bro. I hope, anyway, I want to hear what you guys thought at home. Which one would you rather do? Be able to speak to animals or be able to speak any language in the world? We laid out some pretty... immediately. Fail, Cease to exist. Yeah, it would yeah. Just... I would sell the service. So I would be, you know, some people are personal trainers because they're just naturally shredded. They think, oh yeah, I can get you to look like me. No, you can't. Shut <laughs> up. Like, no, you can't. That'd be me. I'd be, I'd be so corrupt with the languages. Like I learned it in a day. I'll teach you any language in one day. Have all the subscribers in the world. Be a freaking millionaire. <laughs> bro, corruption. I'm telling you, once corruption starts to ensue, it's over, bro. Yeah. Anyway, man. Can we wrap it? Let's do it. All right. Everybody, this has been episode number 151 of the Jersey Wall Podcast. And we thank you as always for tuning in and listening. As always, I've been your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, a.k.a. Master Chef Nay, a.k.a. Coach and all the other nicknames, which we've successfully predicted have diminished over the weeks yeah. because we just can't continue with that many monikers. It's just too many, right? With me as always, Brethren, a.k.a. Mina, a.k.a. Pharaoh, a.k.a. Pharaoh 007, a.k.a. The Iron Pharaoh. Tons of nicknames, all Pharaoh-related. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure to check out more TJW content. You can follow the Jersey Wall Podcast on Instagram at TJW Podcast, or you can find any TJW content um, wherever you find Master Chef Nay. That is on YouTube for special bonus clips of the podcast, or on TikTok where you can find TJW Bites, which is damn near four hundred and fifty thousand views, bro. We're talking about half a million views on this platform. That's crazy. That's absurd. That's ridiculous, that bro. Absurd. When we hit seven seven digits on that, seven figures. Like, just talking about nonsense. Yeah. You know, like crazy. I love it. Thank you so much for supporting, as always. Brethren, where can we find more from you? You can find me on Twitter at MinaFGali and on Instagram, Mina.Gali98. Boom. Boom. And you can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos. Guys, that's it. Don't forget to go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout and support the Jersey Wall podcast by listening, by sharing, by reviewing. Do all those things. We love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time right here on the Jersey Wall podcast, baby. Woo!